do you know Harold Mal- Melvin and the Blue Notes? No, not a clue. There, there. If you don't know me by now, if you don't know oh, yeah. me no, by no. now, yeah. Yeah. you will shut up, shut up and sit down. down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, and Mill Home Supper Club. What's up, Wisconsin? From the Inside Wisconsin studios, both here and on the East Coast. My name is Trevor Thomas. With us every single episode, my guy John Anderson with ESPN. John, it's basketball in the middle of summer. Screw it. Let's do it. Let's talk some hoops. <laughs> well, I mean, the camps, uh, things have opened up. Camps are going on. There are more and more that, that people are out, or you should be out on your on your uh uh, out on your blacktop, whether it's at the park or in the driveway. So I, I don't think that we're terribly out of season here. Uh, well, and the by the way, time we can really play basketball outside. We have like a two and a half month window, and that's really about it. Right. I mean, listen, uh, Dr. Naismith invented it because it was winter and we needed something to do with those frisky kids up at Springfield College. What's that? An hour from here. So to make sure that they were uh, being good young men of, of, of health and, and, and virility. When they came through. So, by the way, your package got here. I like it. Thank old you. Fashion golf. Got you my got the, uh, golf shirt you sent me, and you said you had the bird color. Well, I didn't know I was going to win. I got the badger colors. I'm down. I am I down. I am now proudly because at least now when they go Wisconsin, they go, oh, yeah, like you know, if you had the if you had the blue and green or the blue and yellow, you got to explain it a little. Here, this just screams on Wisconsin right here. It does, and I <laughs> scream Phoenix basketball today. Bo and Will Ryan. What a we're talking basketball icons in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, this is pretty epic. Yeah. So wait, so you're the PA announcer for GB, right? Yeah. So I so, think we should do this whole show off camera. You just stand over there with your mic, <laughs> and you're just like the voice of God. And that's well, all. Well, I can tell you I sounded like the voice of God all last yeah. season because it was like me right. and Will Ryan and his players and some staff. That was it. Yeah. And then the other thing is then people wouldn't have to see you. So it's like a it's like a win-win for the audience. We get your good voice. <laughs> And then we can just see all your bobbleheads instead no of your glare. No glare. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though. Terrific guy. Uh, Will takes over a program that, especially if you are there in Wisconsin, right, that many people have uh, in Green Bay grew up around and remember some salad days um, early in the 70s and then when Dick Bennett came through. Um, and then everybody's had some success along the way, whether it was uh, Kowalchuk and some of these guys. Everybody's had some success. Everybody's made it work there. So I think it's a pretty good environment. So anxious to hear what he has to say. And then obviously Bo, um, not only successful, but one of the world's great storytellers. So um, literally this may be the last time you and I talk until we get done with this. (laughs) We'll find out. Here we go. Let's go inside Wisconsin with the Ryans. Shut up and sit down. Joining us now on inside Wisconsin, Wisconsin basketball royalty. Head coach of the Badgers for, what, 15 seasons? And now new head coach of the Green Bay Phoenix men's basketball team, Bo and Will Ryan. Fellas, thanks for getting up early with us here on Inside Wisconsin. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right, I need to start straighten something out right from the beginning because I'm so far away. He is the coach of the Green Bay Fighting Feet. Can I not call him UWGB anymore? Am I, am I just so ancient that that's not right? What's the story? You can call us whatever. Okay. 
you're a GB legend, so it's you know you grew up calling it UWGB. Yeah, UW, UWGB is perfectly fine. Okay, good. I want or if nothing else, if somebody could just grandfather me in and go, okay, I get it. He's old. He's got a smartphone. He's baffled. He's that progressive guy that doesn't want to open the PDF, but he wants to call him UWGB. So I need I need to do that. Otherwise, I'm just gonna. I'll, people go like, "Hey, did you see how Green Bay played last night?" And I'm like, "No, I'm un, I'm not even unaware that that's a a, a team." Say <laughs> UWGB. Now I'm in. So I, I appreciate that. When I tell people where Will where Will coaches, I always say UWGB. See, there you go. I, yeah, I, I, maybe after we get done with this, Will, you could give me the number of your branding and marketing people, and he and I can have it, or she and I, we can have a discussion, and we can work this thing out. Will and I got to meet for the first time a couple weeks ago at the Green Bay Phoenix Packers Steak Fry, but him and I go at least a year back now. I'm the public address announcer for the GB men's basketball team, and I got to be honest, Will, it was lonely at the Crest Center this year. It was uh, me and you and like 13 guys and some staff members. How is it going to feel this year now, hopefully with fans back in there? And by the way, welcome to Green Bay. Uh, thank you so much. No, during the season, I had no idea who our PA guy was. And then, uh, Trevor, you reached out to me via Twitter, and we're going back and forth, and then we exchanged numbers. And because you were in the upper perch, upper deck, I had no idea that it was you. And then when I met you a couple of weeks ago at the steak fry, you came up to me. I was like, oh, man, you're a lot taller than I thought. What are you like? <laughs> Like six five, six six. Yep, six eight, large mammal. Yep. Okay. I was like, whoa! I didn't expect that. So yeah, the whole year I had no idea really who you were. I could see you from afar, or from across the court. Uh, very, very crazy times. Uh, you know, every game kind of felt like a scrimmage. And after the game, it was you look around and it's empty gym. You know, no nobody to shake hands with. Uh, can't you know say hi to your kids or your wife. Uh, you just walk off the court, go to the locker room. So we'll have that rush center rocking this year. We'll get a lot of fans back in the stands and, and have some fun. I, I watched all this, whether whatever sport it was, to see people trying to piece that thing together. And like you just discussed the difficulties of that two and a half hours of the game day, which is really kind of the high point. Uh, I think the harder part for that is, like, how do you hold that team together getting up to that date, whether it's practice, whether it's like, okay, guys, we're done here. Um, now I need you to not go be knuckleheads so that we can play again the next one. Like behind the scenes, how difficult was that? Well, I got the job last June. So all the young men that were incoming mm. or uh, returners were guys that I did not recruit. So I didn't have that bond, that relationship with them when I got the job. You try to expedite the process and, and get to know them as well as you can, but you're doing that all behind a mask. And you, you just don't, you don't gel with them right away. It took a little while, but the, every day it was, guys, be smart, keep your noses clean, you know, steer clear of trouble. We don't want to shut this thing down. So our guys did a phenomenal job of uh, steering clear of, of uh, COVID, and we were undefeated when it came to COVID tests. <laughs> not not our win-loss record, but, but the COVID test, we were undefeated. So, Bo, as Will comes back to Wisconsin, and obviously you're just a Wisconsin coaching legend, we're going to cover all that ground, by the way, in today's episode. How did that make you feel, though? Because you guys are Wisconsin guys. I know, Bo, you weren't born here, but y'all grew up here. 
Will, you grew up in Platteville. So, Bo, here comes Will back to Wisconsin now, coaching Green Bay. That's got to be a proud moment for you. Well, without a doubt, uh, I've spent more years in Wisconsin than uh, than back in Chester, Pennsylvania. So, Wisconsin is uh, my home, his home. Uh, and if, to have him in the state, uh, in the Wisconsin system, which he knows pretty well. Um, and the other nice part is, unfortunately for Will, uh, I had him for a couple of years and then took the job at UWM. And he stayed at Platteville for a year and then came uh, the second year uh, to UWM and then Pat Richter made a phone call and I left Milwaukee, <laughs> Madison. Uh, so he never really got to play for me other than his red shirt freshman year. So uh, to have him close is good, even though in the winters, uh, Kelly and I are out in La Quinta, California, because the weather's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anywhere from 70 to 85 every day. Uh, but to have him back and to have the family back, to have the grandkids around uh, at times uh, is really rewarding for Kelly and I. I think my man Norm Stewart spends time out in La Quinta. Do you ever see – is that right? You see Norm out there? Absolutely. Had dinner with him. Uh, he's the one that we started the Coaches versus Cancer uh, organization mm -hmm. when he was diagnosed, and then that became our charity of choice of the NCAA basketball coaches. Um and Will and I, Will gave opening remarks last night to our coaches versus cancer gala here. Um, and he did a pretty good job because we raised $600,000 wow. uh, here in Madison. And that, that blew away everybody else in the country for every other gala. It's the, for about the 14th straight year, we've raised more money here in Madison than they have anywhere else in, in the United States. So we're pretty proud of that. And, uh, Will, as I said, gave some opening remarks and really, uh, really delivered a great message. So, but you always want to be a resource for your kids if they have questions, right? Uh, how often is he called? Does he ever call and say, Dad, I just need an out of bounds play? <laughs> uh, no, he's got enough out of bounds. Okay. He's got enough out of bounds plays. Uh, the, the joke uh, for the Platteville program was that I ran the same out of bounds play every time. Now, there were 327 reads off, right. but, but it was the same alignment. Uh, I, I might have embellished that a little bit. But, you know, there are four or five different things that you can counter depending on how the team plays, right? Well, they could be in a man-to-man, -man, and then on out-of-bounds plays, they go zone. They could be zone and then go man-to-man. -man. So you, you have to have the reads. Um, so he has, he has those notebooks. Digger Phelps once told me, uh, and he's like, you know, I got 138 out of bounds play. And Bob Knight looks at him, and goes, "Listen, you." And then he cursed. He said, "You, you only need one if it can work." <laughs> you know, but but did Digger have that colored uh, pen in his? Of course, hand? he had his highlighters with him. Yes, the, the tie lighter. We call them tie lighters because they match up when he goes through there. But why would why would you ever encourage your kids to get into coaching? That that's a cutthroat, long hour. That's an awful profession, man. People yell at you. They all are smarter than you, and, and yet you let him do this. Well, we, you know, Kelly and I were looking for doctors, lawyers, uh, accountants right. with our children, <laughs> and they've all taken their own route. And uh, but you know, it, it's a passion that if you have it, use it. And I've watched him work with young people when he did our camps. 
when uh, when Will would do our camps, both him and his brother. Um, it, it seemed every time we came to the championship of the camp, it was Will Ryan against Matt Ryan and because their teams won quite a bit. Um, but it, it's just you could tell it was something that he enjoyed doing. And his grandfather, who really started this whole uh, teacher coach uh, phenomenon in our family or whatever you want to call it, uh, he he coached for 40 some years. My dad, his grandfather, uh, never got a penny, did it uh, after work. Uh, it was a pipe fitter that got home, grabbed a cheese sandwich, and went up to either the field or the court um, and, and coached kids all year long. Uh, so that's obviously where I picked it up. There's something about athleticism, though, whether it's in coaching or in playing, right? And so I know now for a fact that that athleticism has continued on in the Ryan family because Liam Ryan, Will's middle son, plays Little League against my son. And we're watching a game the other day, and all of a sudden this tall kid comes up in one swing and over the fence. I look at my wife. I'm like, who the heck is that? Oh, I think that's Coach Ryan's kid. I'm like, got it. Makes sense. Kid can play baseball. Hopefully he can shoot a few hoops too. Well, Will and his brother um, dominated the little – we're really good baseball players, and that's a parent talking, I know, but – well, Will uh, was always going to basketball camps. Uh, Tom Davis's camp, he, he went to quite a bit. Um, other other camps, Dick's camps in uh, in Madison or wh wherever he could go to camp, we we sent him. So he did not play baseball uh, going into high school, and um, they were both both boys were pretty good. Uh, and baseball's in the blood. There's a story about a player that my dad coached um, in American Legion baseball. I'll give you the real quick version. So he puts him in as a pinch runner. The kid couldn't hit. He puts him in as a pinch runner in the bottom of the last inning. And he tells him, steal second on the first pitch, steal third on the second pitch, boom, come up lame. Hold your ankle, hold your foot, moan, groan. So the, so the young man did. And um, so the pitcher standing – on the mound was going to go into the stretch and he looks over and here's a guy limping at third base. So the guy goes into a full windup. The young man who stole second and third steals home. His name was Billy White Shoes Johnson. <laughs> he played for my dad and the only thing he did was pitch pinch run. So anyhow, yeah. that's uh, baseball's in the, in the bloodlines here. Very yeah. much. So did he do the dance when he scored? He wasn't doing the dance yet. Okay. That that came later. Trevor, you have to look that up. When he scored, I'll look he, it up. long time Houston Oiler, then finished up with the Falcons. He was as entertaining as when you're my age and all you got was the the in, in, in local market game. So you waited for the Monday Night Football halftime score, uh, scores and highlights from Howard Cosell. And then you just prayed that Billy Johnson would score so you could see his end zone celebration. Did you hear his answer to the reporter? So yeah. why, why do you do the dance in the end zone? And he and he gave it just a straight faced answer. Did you ever see the size of those guys that were trying to tackle me? <laughs> you can do a dance too if you got. It. I feel like we're getting off topic with the baseball because you coached a, a, a you had a coach of the year award for baseball one year too, over at Rac, uh, Racine or wherever the hell you were coaching. <laughs> yeah, Bill Cofield hired me at uh, Dominican College, which changed its name to College of Racine. 
Um, and we were there one year. I was an assistant basketball and head baseball coach. And we had a baseball season that, you know, we won the close ones. We played small ball. Uh, you guys know I'm a percentage guy and, you know, doing analytics before people talked about it. Points mm-hmm. per possession. I was using when I coached in junior high school, came to Wisconsin and nobody was using it. And I'm like, hey, points per possession is extremely important and reliable. If you're getting one point per possession, that was before the three-point line. Now you need closer to 1.1 points per possession. But anyhow, baseball is a game you can be successful even if you're not that talented. Will, what kind of points per possession were you guys getting last year? Not enough. We improved in a lot of different areas. Uh, we did not score enough points. Uh, we took care of the ball pretty well, and our assisted turnover ratio was great. And we led the league in block shots, which I don't think my dad's teams ever did. We were last every year in block shots because we always like to take charges and, and play defense with our feet and uh, not, but, not use our hands. But, uh, John, another Green Bay Southwest kid, Dick Bennett's grandson, Tony's uh, nephew. Okay. Luke, Lucas Steber had 22 blocks on the year, so he was top like three or five in the conference as a six-three guard. Because Bo, you go back, you go back a ways when you go back to Platteville. We, could we make a case that for a while, in terms of basketball programs in the state, uh, under Al McGuire, like Marquette was king. Uh, GB had some unbelievable national run. You had great teams. Dick Bennett did well. Like for a while, Wisconsin was. You're like, okay, Wisconsin basketball is playing, but I don't think anybody was sitting at home at night waiting to see the highlights or or tune that thing in. Um, the last 30 years have been really remarkable there. Well, yeah, throughout the state of Wisconsin, everywhere that I would go as far as speaking, clinics, things like that, uh, our state very well respected. Um, Small College Basketball Hall of Fame is going to do a, a some kind of documentary on our Platteville teams of the 90s mm-hmm. uh, because we had won 90% of our games uh, during those 10 years and uh, two undefeated seasons. There's no other uh, program that's done that other than UCLA uh, way back in the 60s, 70s. I'll tell you what I did as a coach. I just tried to keep everybody relaxed because the work was in. We had put the work in. The guys are, I, I just didn't want them to play tight and worried about, oh, Ah, we we can't lose this next one. We got to get that one. We got to get no. Just play. You know, just do what you've been doing. It's kind of like throwing a no hitter in baseball. Nobody talks to that guy after the seventh <laughs> inning. Like, just keep it loose. I always wondered about that. All right. Well, we promised to talk more basketball, maybe a little less baseball, but definitely some basketball when we come back. We are inside Wisconsin with Coach Bo and Will Ryan. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down. It is top five list time, J.A., I feel a little guilty doing a top five list of Badger basketball players in a Phoenix shirt, but hopefully <laughs> Coach Ryan can overlook this when he we watches understand. the episode back. Yeah, he'll get it. But listen, Badger basketball has been a part of both of our lives. You were there when it was the Final Four, and we unfortunately lost the championship against Duke. I was uh, there. I, there. 
there there right and it was you tell the story that it was dead after that down in the streets but I grew up about 35 minutes away from Madison. So Badger basketball, especially when I was in high school, 97 01, mm-hmm. was really up and coming. Dick Bennett in the Final Four in 2000. And then, of course, everything that's happened in the Bo Ryan era. Uh, I thought it would be fun to pick our top five best Badger basketball players. Now we're going to do it again. And I, I already know where this is going. Joe Thomas is probably going to have a no, comment no. or two about this list. But I want to know your top five pre-Bo Ryan, and then I'm going to go top five from the Bo Ryan era forward. So you said top five Wisconsin players, so I might have gone Wisconsin system. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> so we have UW-Madison. Uh, one little nod. So anyway, here That's we fine. go. So number five um, is, is Gene England. And and I kind of had to look him up. I'm like, I know they had one great player that was really um, uh, the lead dog on the team that won the national championship in 1941, right? There they yeah. are. They win this. And great. That was eight. That's back when the tournament was eight teams. And like, you had to have money to get there and it was not the representative field. It is today, but the we Badgers only have one Badgers do have a national championship 1941. And the best player on that team uh, was Gene England. And they beat Wazoo. Awesome. So he's at five because I don't know a ton about him. It, what I would tell you is what I've read in a book. And with the internet, people can read that in a book. But we don't want to leave them out. Uh, number four, as has been shown on this school, is a coupled entry because how do I do Andy Kowski without Mike Kelly? <laughs> okay. And- so they were both great players in addition to guys that you know were uh, fine representatives of the shoebox in Black, uh, Black Earth, Wisconsin, wherever it was. Too soon. Too soon. So as you know, those guys are on my list. I can't I leave them off. Number three is where I kind of go, wait, are we doing UW-Madison or UW? So I'm just going to expand a little to the UW system, and I'm going to bring in Terry Porter, who was great for Dick Bennett at Stevens Point and was a point guard on a team that went to the NBA Finals for Portland and was an all-star and then came back and and uh, coached for the Bucks and in college at Portland. Yeah. So uh, we love Terry Porter, and I'm going to couple him with Tony Bennett, UWGB. There were great players. There were great players at UWGB, but he is the best player that's ever played there, hands down, bar none. There are very few jerseys up in the rafters. Tony right. Bennett's is one of them up yeah. in the rush. Plus, he's the guy that sort of got me. People at home finally realized that um, that guy in ESPN that says John Anderson, because everybody knows John Anderson. Everybody knows a John Anderson, right? It's a common name. If we had a sure. convention, nine thousand people would show up. And Tony Bennett makes this shot in the in the Horizon, I think it was tournament, MAC tournament, uh, whatever it was, midcon, uh, and he just makes one. He's it's it's part of him scoring thirty that night or whatever. And I say on ESPN, he made a shot roughly from the same place that I received my high school diploma because yeah. they were back in the old Veterans Arena. Yeah, the Brown County and, Arena. And so then a guy from the Press Gazette reached out and he goes, "Wait a minute, how, are you from Green Bay? I had no idea." I'm like, "There you go." Because oh, wow. I'm not, I'm not the Tom Paul or Anderson that played at UWG. But so anyway, so that's how I got. That's how the first piece, person anybody realized that I was from from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh. They just thought, well, everybody knows John Anderson. How's that guy from our place? Number two, and I know his name will come up with these guys is Wes Matthews, uh, and he played in the uh, late '70s and was a great point guard. He's actually from here in Connecticut. Went out there and played for Bill Cofield. Uh, and along with a guy named Claude Stretch Gregory, like who your kid who do you, who didn't love Stretch Gregory? And Stretch had a long time. He played for the Lacrosse Catbirds in the CBA for many years. 
Uh, but Wes was a real, he was a number one draft pick by the Lakers and was on a couple of Lakers teams. Um, and then he ran into, as a lot of people did in the 80s NBA, um, with some drug issues and has fought through that and is, is, is clean. And obviously, you know, Wes Matthews, because there's a Wes Matthews that played at Marquette and in the NBA now, that's his son. Uh, so I'm in on the original Wes Matthews, who was just a great, great point guard. And then the number one all-time player, I think, without question, is Michael Finley. Has to be. Um, I, is he still the all, school's all-time leading scorer? Got to be close if he's not. I think Alondo Tucker is now. But uh, and was a great pro for a ton of years. Was on the Suns when I first got there. You know, there's there was Michael Finley. Um, played with Dallas. Played on a championship team with the Spurs. I think he's still now in their front office, um, doing great. But was just a phenomenal. He was. As much as I remember somebody like Wes Matthews being a great player, um, but again, you didn't see them very often. You know, they weren't on TV like you get everybody now. Right. Um, so he was the he was a great player, and you saw him a lot. And again, the ascension was coming. Uh, boy, it's hard to beat Finns for an all time great Badger. I, that's another one where um, I would fight with people if they want to come at me and say there was somebody better than Michael <laughs> Finley. Michael Finley happened to be at the East Town Mall in Madison when I was there on a field trip back in my younger years. Man, yeah. that was one of those moments where yeah. you're a little kid and you're watching. He was unbelievable. Right. And, of course, you chase those guys down. All right, so All here right. we go. Ready? I'm throwing it. It's in your wheelhouse. Go ahead. Swing hard. Top five list from Bo Ryan's era, which was 2001. And, obviously, that was yeah. right after they had the Final Four in 2000 until – the 2015 season. So number five for me, we mentioned him already. He was on staff here most recently. It was kind of fun to watch him jaw jack a little bit with the players back and forth. Right. Alondo Tucker. Oh, Alondo Tucker. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Joe Thomas. Wrong number five. Okay. Moving on. Alondo Tucker, really, really good. I believe, good indeed, player. he is the all-time leading scorer for Wisconsin. Okay. Number four, I'm throwing a bone towards the, the big guy from 01 to 05. Remember big Mike Wilkinson? I, I remember guys like Lure and, and, and Steams him a bit more. Um, but yeah, okay. I, 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 I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to yeah. say, okay, Trevor, that's an excellent choice at number four. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It'll save us some graphic work too, because usually when right. you throw something and they, you know, they throw something up there, right. big Mike Wilkinson, number four, number three, I know, you know, him personally, he still plays professionally overseas, Sam Decker from Sheboygan Lutheran fame. Listen, watching him and another guy who's coming later on the list, just do what they did in 14, and I believe it was 13, 14, 14, 15, the Final Fours, beating Kentucky, losing the national championship. Did you talk to Sam after that happened that year? Uh, no, but I would tell you this. When they won the semifinal, uh, we were going through, and the Badgers were there. They'd beaten you know, uh, uh, Kentucky, right? So they're all yeah. going crazy behind us. And I had on my, my cell phone the jump around. And so we piped it through out. And, and usually there's all kinds of music um, uh, fees. You know that, right? There's, there's, yeah. there's rights fees and, and, and royalties you got to pay. Mm -hmm. And luckily our producer at the time said, who cares? And so we just piped it through and the people went crazy. And we came back wow. from break and they were doing it. We had the music. Yeah, it was great fun. All off of your phone. I digress. There yeah. in Indy. That's awesome. Here's my number two. Happened to play with big Mike Wilkinson back in the early 2000s. Devin Harris. The guy was a machine for Wisconsin. He went on to have a really good NBA career, did he not? Yeah, yeah, not not quite. Like I think he was a top five pick, right? Might have been. Yeah. Three. So okay, uh, here the reason yeah. I'm pursing my lips is because I'm like, okay, who are you going to find better than him? Because I might have had him as number one. 
I was going to say, you have an opinion. I saw it in your face. Here's yeah, my number oh, one. I was thinking he might have been number one. So now I am really curious. Frank Kaminsky. Love Frank the Tank. Dominated. I mean, Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, dominated when they were playing. with uh, Frank Kaminsky could do something rare for a big guy, and it was shoot and dominate the paint at the same time. There was a lot of games where Frank Kaminsky hit major threes and dominated the paint. He had he had kind of that Nowitzki Euro style game. Yeah. yeah. I'm not so sure I wouldn't flip one and two. Fair. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay. Here. If, if depends, that's the worst that comes to this top five list, is that you're just gonna flip my one and two? I will take that and run to the hills. So it's here, it's not always fair, right? Like you can fit your argument to win the argument. So I would say, listen, if I was gonna start a team, would you take Frank Kaminsky or take Devin Harris? I'm going to take Devin Harris. See, I take Frank Kaminsky. Does that make him the best player ever? I don't know. It depends what you want. So, you know. Sure, since Michael Finley, anyway. The number yeah, and one actually for me. what I do is I pick Michael Finley, so I'm going to win, but that's okay. But it's like my parents tell me, Trevor, it's your list, okay? Oh, thanks. So it's okay. Tell that to Joe Thomas. Well, that's because you were just egregiously wrong, and sometimes we have to parent all right. Sometimes we just have to let you know when you've screwed up. I don't know if I'm more disgusted that I have to agree with you on most <laughs> or that you might have one and two incorrect. And I won't step on your lawn. I promise. Let's get there back to go. the coaches. Shut up and sit down. We are back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, Bo Ryan, and Will Ryan. Guys, Inside Wisconsin is about the people, the stories, and the statriotism of America's Dairyland. And when we opened the show, our first guest was Coach Barry Alvarez, and we talked about how he just got Wisconsin. You guys just get Wisconsin. What does Wisconsin mean to you, not only in your basketball career, but obviously raising families now here as well? Uh, for me, um, it, it it means family. Uh, just being back in the in the motherland, like I like to say, uh, after a 13-year hiatus, uh, taking stops at North Dakota State, Ohio University, and, and Wheeling University, where I was uh, two years ago. Just being back amongst friends and family. I met my my niece for the first time about a month ago. My second youngest sister, she she got married about three weeks ago. So it, it's – and then all the connections you have with high school coaches, family, friends – some of the functions that I've been at, the steak fry, the coaches versus cancer galas uh, the last couple of weeks, get, and then getting people involved in GB basketball, getting season ticket holders to, to renew their tickets and getting them excited about GB again is a lot of fun and I'm just so thankful to be back. Well, for me, uh, coming to Wisconsin from the Philadelphia area, I said to, to Kelly, Boy, the people around here are awfully nice. <laughs> you know, I, is it going to be like this in the entire state? Uh, are the people around here in Madison, are they very, are they typical of the population in the state? And sure enough, I'd go to do speaking engagements, uh, high school banquets, uh, different camps, satellite camps, um, and found out that, uh, the people in Wisconsin are, are just genuine and they're very, they're very understanding. They're patient, more patient. When I say this, I'm talking relatively speaking. Um, and so we fell in love with Wisconsin right away. And 
when I retired, it had 40 years on the, uh, to get ready for the pension. They had to put the number of years. I didn't even realize that we had been in the state 40 years. I mean, it just flew. And, uh, I also got two years for military. So uh, being in the service and it, it just, it just felt like home the first month we were here. It, 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 people just made us feel comfortable. Are you fully immersed? Like, would you would you do a Philly cheesesteak or a fish fry? If I really, you know, put it to you, you got you got one meal. Well, I would do a Philly cheesesteak, but not with cheese whiz. I still can't okay. believe. I still can't believe that people think in the Philly area that a cheesesteak <laughs> would have cheese whiz on it. It's either American or provolone on, on a cheesesteak. Right. And as far as fish fry, uh, Friday night fish fries, you can't beat them. How are we as a fan base? Are we a smart fan base? Do we appreciate a good charge or do we just, are we just, um, uh, are we just, once you score and get ahead, then we'll catch up with you. Now, people in Wisconsin like to see their players getting on the floor, playing tough, playing hard, playing smart. Uh, I found that out a long time ago. And uh, of course you can say, well, doesn't every state uh, have, no. Here in Wisconsin, if your team's, if your teams are playing hard and smart, you've got them and they will support you and they will help you through the tough times and revel in the really good times. And just getting those tough nose Midwest kids and blue collar work ethic, diving on the floor, taking charges, being in help side, uh, playing smart, playing together, taking care of the basketball, high percentage shots. Uh, there's no question we're we're trending in the right direction with with our team. You know, we're just we're excited to continue to recruit them and and, and bring in high quality kids. Yeah, Coach Alvarez talked a little bit about that. How he had to be sure to never lose talent from Wisconsin. And Bo, we know obviously that you made it a point to keep good talent in Wisconsin. How does that work now with GB and? Maybe what was your philosophies, both of you, from a Wisconsin talent position? How'd you recruit the state? Well, I, I, I just, <laughs> to me, it was common sense that if your family was closer for 17 years, 18 maybe, um, and if they go to a school where that, that family grouping, uh, whatever the makeup is, can see you play and come and, and be part of it and – you know, afterwards, go grab a milkshake uh, and a cheeseburger. Uh, to me, I thought, always thought people would play better. They, they could, uh, you know, they wouldn't have as many things on their mind, which I think can help a young man or a young woman uh, over that threshold of leaving this safety net from your high school days, going into college, trying to remember what it was like in 1965 when, Yours truly uh, matriculated to college. And, and <laughs> that's why keeping guys in the state locally, it's one big happy family, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever uh, sport it is. It just seems in Wisconsin here that people bond easier. Well, when you're trying to go get kids, and obviously, Bo, you dealt with this too, because at Platteville, you, you go after this kind of player. At Wisconsin, you go after this kind of player. But GB is a D is a D one program, so now you got to fight Wisconsin and you got to fight Marquette. Um, you know how do you pick your battles in there? Well, battling them, I think that's pretty easy. Um, I, I think kids would rather come to GB than than those schools. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kidding. 
<laughs> Wisconsin's got a lot of talent, a lot of talented uh, prospects. Do most of them grow up maybe envisioning themselves wearing a Badger uniform or Marquette more so, <laughs> more, more so than Green Bay or Milwaukee? Maybe. But there's only so many scholarships to go around. There's so many roster spots. So, you know, we're going to we'll, – we'll go toe-to-toe with those schools, uh-huh. you know, to, to try to get a, a kid or two. Uh, you just have to build those relationships and show the young men that how they fit in your system. And maybe, maybe you get one of those guys over, over a Wisconsin or a Marquette. But we're also very realistic. And, and in this day and age, you have to recruit everybody um, and make them a priority because of the transfer portal. Maybe they go, maybe they go to a, a high major school and it doesn't work out. So they enter the transfer portal and maybe you get them on the back end to come back home um, to Green Bay or uh, back to the state. So, yeah, like I said, we're, we're realistic, but we'll, we'll try to go toe-to-toe with anybody uh, just, as, just as long as the kid fits, fits our culture, fits our environment, and uh, we can help him succeed. You can't help but feel for a guy now in coach guard. I mean, guys, we know that you're close with them as a family. Bo, you handed the program off to Coach Guard. Will, he was your freshman basketball coach. And and now to see this news of these damn cell phones apparently are recording things in private conversations, how does that make you guys feel as, as guys in the mix, you know them personally, and hell, you coached for all these years? Is anything sacred anymore? I mean... <laughs> Right. Oh, hey, like you, you, you go check Twitter or Facebook or something, and all of a sudden ads pop up because they're listening. They heard you talk about going to a certain restaurant. All of a sudden, you look at your social media and you're like, "Why is there an ad for the restaurant you talked about?" So I think, I think they're all listening. Guys, I'm, not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, guys. I I don't have Facebook. I don't have uh, a Twitter account. I don't have what's the other. Uh, I, Instagram. I don't have. I don't have any of that. Everything isn't always seashells and balloons. You know, it, it isn't always. If you if you could have seen some of the practices, uh, you know that McGuire had, uh, and some of the exchanges with his players, and and it was pretty open. And and it's kind of what goes on with a team. We're all adults. Um, and, and what's really strange is to think that somebody would put that out there when all it does is if, if I'm, uh, if I'm a, a, a coach of some professional team and I'm looking to maybe give somebody a tryout or I'm looking to give, uh, you know, take a look at somebody and you got a player here and a player here and they're both about equal. And then you see that they said things like they said, that GM or that that coach of that team is going to go, well, I'm not taking that kid. I'm not taking that young man. Because if this is the way he feels uh, and, and, and the idea of passing it on to being somebody else's fault, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, 
So whatever happened there, I have no idea. Whatever, whose ever idea it was to to record that. Um, but that's a locker room. That's a lot of things that are said in there uh, over the years. If you talk to anybody that's played and been through uh, a season, four seasons, um, and there's a lot of things that go on. But in the end, what's the what's the result? Is a person better for the experience? Uh, did you work as hard as you should have worked? Um, do you feel that my assistants were good teachers? Did they, did they give you um, things to help make you better and make you better on and off the court? Um, those are all questions that only teams can answer and individuals can answer after their experience or while the experience is going on. Greg Gard cares more than any coach, as much as any coach I've ever been around. So uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong uh, on his end with his approach to coaching and teaching and uh, his mentoring and uh, the same thing, you know, with, with the guys around him. If everybody is in it together, let's move forward. Um, And let me tell you something. I was at practice a couple days ago. Wisconsin's going to be pretty good. <laughs> they're going to be—they're going to surprise everyone. I was very impressed. Let's go to something—a high note before we take a break here. Just, Bo, what were the two Final Four weekends like? That experience is something, well, obviously that, that I'll never forget because I, I kept looking at the players and I kept looking at the fans and I kept looking at how everybody was so doggone excited about getting there. Um, and, and knowing that it's it's like the pinnacle, it, it, the final four is still, um, to us, basketball people, the the ultimate. And, uh, you know, it, it isn't best of three, best of five, or best of seven. It's, uh, you know, one, one misstep, one bad game, and you're watching uh, from home. So uh, it, it was exciting. It is it – is, revved up so much over the years as far as how it's covered, what's covered. Um, You get to know everything about everybody that's in the tournament. Uh, And it's it's really a great experience, and especially for the fans. And the fact that they're in, they made that commitment to go to the big arenas, just knowing by the donations and the uh, contributions to after that year, in 2015, we raised $1.5 million at our coaches versus cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, people were much more outgoing. The university received more money in, uh, in funding and for endowments. Um, so the way I looked at it was there's a lot of people that benefited from those final fours. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, the, the, the team had a good time. Back with more on uh, Inside Wisconsin after this. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down. All right, lightning round, segment three. Here's some quicker questions. John's will be quicker than mine. It's an ongoing joke. I might go a little more in depth, but here's the first thing I want to know. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. Put them in order. You guys are Wisconsin guys. 
Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. What's your favorite? Well, Badgers can't be first for me anymore. Makes sense. <laughs> I would say Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers now. Bo, what about you? Uh, well, Badgers first. Um, like I said, you spend 40 years in the state. It's uh, that That's easy. Um, I, you didn't give a couple other options like Eagles, Phillies, or, or Phoenix or, you know, or Green Bay. Um, but anyhow, I, I'm a, I'm a Bucks guy, definitely. Um, and also the Brewers, I, I, I really like watching them play. I've had a chance to throw out the first pitch and that's pretty exciting. Uh, and by the way, they were strikes. Uh, Good for you. Um, Of course they were. But yeah, I'd have to go in that order. And here's my last one, Bo. You got a court named after you. When when that happens as a coach or a player, that's I mean, other than winning the national championship, which oh yeah, you've done that too. They named a court after you. Tell us that story quick. Well, the best part of the story is is that uh, I was going to go down separately. Uh, We were on our way to play Iowa, and uh, the, the the players. Uh, said, no, coach, we're going to go to the Platteville game. They were playing Eau Claire uh, when they did the dedication. And uh, I said, really, you guys want to do that? And they said, yeah, we, we want to be in the stands when they when they put the name on the court. So we had the Badger team there, and I didn't want it to interfere with our juju of our routine that when we go play on the road. And – it was a great, great afternoon, and then we went down and practiced it in Iowa City, and uh, we did beat Iowa the next day. So that's uh, that was an extra treat. We were very thankful as a family and uh, and as a as a uh, coach and person that spent 15 years there um, that that they would uh, that they would do that, and it was quite an honor. Uh, this just dawned on me when you said the Eagles. When you're 13 years old, the Eagles beat the Packers in the NFL championship game. Like, was that a, was that a, is that a memory for you? Are you, you mean the 1960 NFL championship? Yeah. When, when Charlie held down Jim Taylor against his will and ran out the clock. Yes. I was there with my dad. Wow. Um, We actually snuck into the game because we didn't have the eight. I still have. Two stubs that a buddy of his floated over the wall at Franklin Field. And so we used those stubs and dropped them as we got to the ticket taker. And they only tore tickets and there was no scanning. And so my, my dad said, hey, you already ripped these. Oh, okay. So we, we went into the game, found a couple seats. Uh, we tried to get the goalposts afterwards. The uh, Philadelphia police surrounded Franklin Field and wouldn't let us get to the goalposts and then people started throwing uh, snowballs and ice from underneath the chairs that had snowed the night before. And some guys broke Seagram's seven, seven bottles and put the glass mm-hmm. into the snowballs. They had pictures of the police the next day, which was terrible uh, with blood uh, on their faces. And finally Frank Rizzo, who was the chief of police then and later became mayor, he pulled the police back, and we went on the field uh, and tore the goalpost down. I have a piece in the other room here in our condo. Uh, I do have a piece of, of that goalpost and the two uh, ticket stubs. So was I there 
Yeah, yeah. I remember it. Yeah. So, wow. and, and and after forty years in Wisconsin, we don't feel guilty about that. Our allegiance is still with Fly Eagles Fly. <laughs> I understand, but I, I also root for the Packers. I, I do. Um, you can't have it both ways here, Bo. Uh, well, when they play each other, I when do. When push comes to shove, which side are you on? If what? When push comes to shove, what side are you on? I have to root for the Eagles. Okay. And the I'm not mad at you. Good for you. Listen, I root for GB, right? When they're out there playing, I don't care if it's Absolutely. Cleveland State or Eau Claire, who they played, I'm on that side. So, uh, Will, can you name anybody from that championship, that 1978 team that lost to John Chaney from UWGB? Uh, was Ripley on that team? There's always a Ripley. For like 30 well, years, there was a Ripley. I, I coached the Ripley for four years. Yeah, they're all from Pulaski, and there's like 50 of them. Yep. I had Rock. Rock played for, for my yep. dad. Yeah, there was Ron. They were they were all ours too. But Ron was Ron was probably the great player on that team and a kid and and Tom Anderson. Although that was yeah, wasn't me. yeah right. Um, well, that uh, Cheney State. Uh, a lot of the the guys I played with in high school, sure, and ended up going to Cheney State. A lot of Chester High School graduates, um, and you know we used to go to some games there when I was younger, and it was they were really fun to watch. Um, and obviously pretty good because I, uh, my friend of mine is Rick Riley and he's written books with that family. Uh, I'm going to see Bo in addition to your coaching acumen, if you've passed it down, Will I want to know who was the lead singer of Harold Melvin and the blue notes. Harold Melvin, right? Bo, who was it? <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. Okay. Yes, Philly R and B. That's a, it. It's a. It's it's not very well known, but if both you like R and B in Philly, right? Like you can't miss that one. No, the Intruders, the Delphonics. Uh, there's yeah. so many groups. Uh, Blue Magic. A lot. Of, a lot of groups that that competed with the Motown sound. I'm going to finish this up with some coaching names that Wisconsin people uh, should know, and I just want a quick word. What you think of these guys? Uh, start with the guy who built the GB program that Will runs now, Dave Buss. I know Dave. Dave was tough competitor, uh, was an assistant when we coached against him, knew a, asked a lot of questions. He was always a guy who was looking to learn. And that, that always impressed me about him. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty good coach, and yet he didn't think he had all the answers. And I love those guys. Uh, coach McGuire over at Marquette. Oh, I, I had uh, bagels, Einstein bagels on Capitol uh, when I was coaching at UWM. We would uh, we would meet there, and you talk about a storyteller. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, he, he's right. You know, be a be a bartender for a while, and then uh, which Will actually was when he Good. was going to school at UWM, trying to make some money. Uh, but Al McGuire, just just the best, I think, as far as uh, a guy that got players that let them play, uh, and but yet could control the ball. Could you know he could he could play at any speed, uh, could coach at any speed, and uh, I always liked that. Yeah, be a bartender or a cab driver for six months. Uh, kind of in that in that vein in that coaching tree, uh, and I love him because I worked with him. Uh, Rick Majerus. Oh, Rick. Uh, Rick, Rick was another guy who, uh, very competitive, uh, X's and O's. He was always great at coming up with something. Um, and I kind of, I really liked that about him and that 
he never stood still as a coach. He was always looking for that next uh, out-of-bounds play, that next action off of motion, off mm-hmm. whatever offense um, uh, of scheme that they were using. Defensively, he would do some different things. I, I'm so thick-headed. I only played man-to-man and did it by taking away driving lines and pinching and squeezing and uh, – trying not to let people get to the rim. But, you know, Rick did some things uh, in coaching that was that impressed me quite a bit in that he was he was pretty flexible with some things. And um, he, he was he was a tough guy to go against. Yeah, I, I miss him dearly. He was he was a good friend. And finally, um, and you can expand here because I'm not sure people appreciate who he was and what he did. Uh, but the guy that brought you to Wisconsin, Bill Cofield who was the first black head coach in the Big Ten at a major sport and brought you there and had some really fabulous players? Unfortunately, people remember the record at Wisconsin, but in order to get the Wisconsin job, people, I'm sure, do not know this. He won at Prairie View, which was a very tough job. Before that, he won at Lincoln University, which is right near my hometown. Um, Both schools that were... Uh, basically historically black colleges. Um, And then he comes to Racine and reached out uh, through a couple contacts uh, from Lincoln University, guys that I knew. They gave him my name. I ended up, he brought me in. And he put his arm around me and just kind of gave me the, the, the biggest break a guy could ever ask for in coaching um, because we worked together for a year and he was, he was tough. He was tough on the guys. And then Terry Holland hires him uh, when the school folded. It wasn't because of us. It's not <laughs> Good. Uh, then he goes, he was the first African-American um, assistant coach in the ACC. Terry Holland was the guy he went to work for. And they had that team with Averoni and Stokes and Wally Walker uh, and did well. And then that's when he got the Wisconsin job. And he had, we had stayed in touch with each other. And he said if he ever got another major job that he would ask me. So it took me about two seconds to say yes. And he believed in me, brought me in, uh, would not have had any chance if it wasn't for him. Um, and like I said, one loss record, you can say this, that, and the other thing about it. Uh, I thought we had some pretty good players, but sometimes things just don't mesh. Um, and it's happened to a lot of other coaches because it's it's hard to keep a job. Uh, but to me, he meant the world. He died of pancreatic cancer, which is one of the reasons uh, Kelly and I are so active in the fight against cancer. Um, but he's the man that that brought me here. That, that, got, that gave me the biggest break of my life. Well, and I will leave with one of the wins that uh, that I say to Trevor and I bring up all the time is I'll never forget as a kid, um, and I had to wait to see the rebroadcast of it because we didn't have ESPN and all those things. Uh, but the 1979 season ender when you guys beat Michigan State and Magic Johnson's team is still one of the great recollections I have as a kid. Unbelievable. Wes and I hugged right away. It, it was uh, Wes Matthews hit the 48-foot shot, whatever the distance was. All I know is it went in. Uh, that was Magic's last college loss. Uh, they, they went on to win the whole thing, as you said. Um, 
I didn't have much time to celebrate because I had to drive to Nino, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, we were recruited. It was an afternoon game, and I was going to see a high school game with the Kreklo, with uh, Mike Kreklo, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who was a really good player for Nina. Uh, so, but yeah, the whole uh, the whole drive. There's some guys that went up with me to the game, and uh, we we reveled in that. Uh, that was that was a big day. Um, for Badger basketball, no question. Yeah. And then, Trevor, as you can imagine this, a couple years ago, Jim Calhoun's got a tournament out here, and it happens to be at the club I'm in. And uh, and they go, you're getting paired with a guy. He was a star at Bridgeport High in in uh, in Connecticut. You'll have no idea who he is. And I sit down, it's Wes Matthews. That poor bastard, after four hours, wanted me out of the cart so bad. He's like, I cannot believe that this is who I got picked with. <laughs> you know, whether it was this, whether it was talking about Stretch Gregory, whether it was talking about his kid, he was just like, I got to go. Um, and now I wow. see him every year at this thing, and it's it, it's much nicer. But he had no idea when he stepped in this he car. Talk. He is. He was he not going to get it. He got an earful for, for 18 holes, that poor guy. He's come a long way. and uh, He has. Uh, and he's done well now, and I, I'm really happy for him. But he's obviously pretty proud of his uh, of his son, too. Yeah, and yeah, and, coach, and and is coaching girls teams here down in Bridgeport and doing well. Guys, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Will, good luck to you. I want to have something about GB because I've always had, you know, we had when I was when I was 13, 14, you were going to national championships. And then when I was in college and shortly after that and starting as a professional, we had Tony Bennett and I got to brag about him. So I can't wait for you to give me something to brag about here in Connecticut. And I'm going to let everybody know uh, what's good with GB and the history of that program that they should yes. know. So good luck to you both. Thank you for all the memories you gave us uh, and, and what you have built and that has Greg has sustained. And uh, from what you tell us after watching practice will be even better this year. Thanks so much to both of you. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Shut up and sit down. Uh, I apologize if I lost you on the Philly R&B musical scene with that, but, you know, Harold Melville and the Blue Notes, I would just tell you that maybe you should, you know, they have this thing. It's called the Apple iTunes Store. <laughs> just you know, drum, drum some up, call some up, pay whatever you got to pay. You're going to be better for it. I was so happy and, when Will Ryan didn't know the answer to that because I was like, yes, it's not me for a change. <laughs> I would also tell you that you need to perhaps um, turn the lights down and play it for your lady, and you'll be surprised where that leads. Okay? I'm just going to tell you. I'll look it up. Thanks for the advice. Just tell you. Fatherly advice. You're full of fatherly advice today. I'm grateful for that. Actually, I'm not sure that's advice my father would have given me. Um, I'm just going to say that's that's friendly advice, okay? I don't know. Okay. Like, I'm not going down and telling my son that at 19, okay? (laughs) No, but I'm 38. You can handle that information. Great fun. I uh, just, I have so much fun. I wish people could see. We have to cut these things down. Otherwise, people would be listening to us for two hours with these guests who are generous with their time and their stories and just their their connections to the state. It's so much fun. Uh, I feel bad I get to talk about Joe Malmore or Casey Zakowski or Rory Lindgren, who are great UWGB basketball players on those teams that lost it. Um, one to Cheney State and one North Alabama in the D2 finals. But uh, um, a great history there and two really great fellows to have here on Inside Wisconsin. It was a blast. Speaking of on Inside Wisconsin, we're grateful that all of you are always with us here on Inside Wisconsin. Make sure to visit our website, InsideWisconsin.com. Check out all the social channels. And, of course, subscribe here on YouTube. Click that button. We are grateful that you are along for the ride. Johnny, we will see you next time. And until then, 
as you were, Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, and Mill Home Supper Club. Shut up and sit down.